Hello and welcome to episode 11 of The Edge Backstage Pass, the weekly podcast from the Tuesday night show at the London comedy store The Edge. Once again, we start by joining four of the regular team in their homes, so all the usual sound caveats do apply. This week, we looked at the rather more serious topics surrounding the virus, with some insights from Los Angeles for comparison. As always, these well-informed comedians still managed to find the funny in all this, and even found a few positives. I'm Luke Torsen in London. I'm the award-winning Scott Caparo in San Francisco. <laughs> I'm Ria Lena in Covent Garden. And I'm Stephen Grant, unemployed in West Sussex. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys watch the news? Are you watching the news at the moment? Oh, can't, I'm addicted to it. I have a huge amount of time free somehow. So I just got time free to watch the news. And then I make notes of the cutting edge. And I think that's, oh, it's not coming up this Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> sorry, this 2020. Are we, uh, shall we do this? Yeah. Are we doing it? Yeah, this is already happening, Scott. Hilarious. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to it's get off Grinder and join us. <laughs> you know, Grinder is very busy. I'm only checking it for research purposes. And I was quite alarmed to see all these uh, guys saying, oh, come on over. We'll, we'll, we'll do it orthodox. And I said to my friend, what does that mean? And he's like, you have to bring a sheet with you. You bring a sheet with a hole in it way uh orthodox but that's only if your penis is less than two meters long oh right. exactly yes <laughs> who do you know so yeah it's exactly <laughs> that's only we'll talk later Rhea. but yeah uh they're still on there that's reassuring isn't it that means we have a future right that the gays are still keeping the myth alive it's- that's quite not it's sort of it's a it's sort of like a the photo negative of a condom isn't it because previously you could be completely negative but your cock would have to be covered whereas in the coronavirus world everything is covered except for your cock it's true. It makes AIDS seem like a holiday because in the old days you had to fuck somebody to get it. But with this, you take a bus ride, bam, you're dead. So yeah. I think it's hazmat for the rest of us forever. Except our cop. Do you think the French are regretting banning the burqa now that it's obviously so effective? <laughs> I'm curious as to whether the burqa does actually count as PPE. Um, I mean, realistically, the news today has been that... Um, they have now got enough masks because what they thought were gowns were mislabeled and actually were masks. And now they're running out of gowns. So their faces are fine, but the rest of their bodies will get coronavirus. This is the NHS. And in many ways, the burqa uh, could be considered a, a good fallback piece of PPE. All you need to have is a waterproof apron underneath it. And it effectively does the same job, doesn't it? Uh, you'd have to get rid of it at the after, end of each day, which I think is slightly wasteful. But at the same time, it's better that than the NHS dying. That's why Grinders so busy because they've got all the waterproof aprons. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they're all the, the healthcare officials. I mean, I'm really, I'm really, I think Corona in a way, it's, it, I mean, it, it's not a completely bad thing because I hate people. So it means we don't have to talk to anyone or make even make eye contact with people. And if you leave the house in California, at least not covered and on your own, you know, if, if you, if you're with other people or you're even walking your dog off leash, people attack you. Like how, how do they, they get close enough to do that? I, because I, yeah, exactly. That's or so why stupid. do they even leave their house if they're worried about it? Just stay home. That's, a, that's the thing. I think the people who are mostly out, it seems at the moment are the very young who feel I would say almost rightly immortal in this virus and the very old who who realistically are just choosing a slightly different way to shuffle off the planet. <laughs> um, and, and, and the rest, the rest of society, that that peak of the bell curve are the ones who are thinking, oh, I should look after myself. Um, but the latest thing I saw in The Times was that they are thinking their staggered approach to this all ending um, is that the 
people under the age of 30 will be released back into the wild, while the over 30s will remain in isolation and in lockdown until such time as they deem us safe to be released as well. As long as they're released bit, yeah. in 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 ethnically diverse proportions. <laughs> what? Well, you know, if you're under 30 and you're walking around and you don't see equal diversity of men and women or different races, you might be offended by that. So we better make sure that if we're releasing the under 30s that they feel comfortable in the world they're being released into and we better make sure that everybody feels equally represented. And gender non-specific release, please. We need a non-cis, non-binary release, if you don't mind. Thank you very much. Yeah, good meeting. Let's, let's get that going. Why 30, though? I thought it was... Apparently they have worked out um, that... Uh, the people under the age of 30 are the ones who are most hurt by this um, by this uh, lockdown. And I don't mean because they can't go out and enjoy themselves, because their jobs are the ones that are least likely to have some kind of longevity if they're not working and they won't be able to go back to them. And they, they fuel a large parts of the economy that's really important. Uh, and they're also the least likely to to die from it they could still die from it but they're least likely so they come into the areas of uh, economically acceptable risk so the the current thinking is is that it'll be the sort of a staggered by tears approach to releasing people back into a sort of common common outsource but it's, it's going to be interesting for anybody who's uh you know in a relationship with a kind of a significant age gap where one person will be able to go out and the other person will have to stay in. I mean, I'm loving that approach. I mean, so the paedophiles are really going to find this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's terrible for paedophiles because they'll know that their prey is out there, but they just can't go and join them. Um, <laughs> are you kidding? We have just we have just brought all the children indoors, stuck them on their computers 24-7. It is a paedophile's playground right now. They don't want them back at school where there's a firewall between them and their prey. They are very happy with them at home on their PS3s. Um, the house party app, uh, which children are encouraged to talk to their other school friends, I've got a six-year-old and seven-year-old, is actually over It's over 18 only. Uh, and so you have to pretend or set up an account that they are 18 in order for it to work. And the reason being is they could start talking to random people because a bug in house party means that just random people can join your group conversation. What we're using has had loads of problems, hasn't it? With people can just jump on and you've got exhibitionists just jumping into meetings. I think they banned it. That's why I agreed to this. I was kind of hoping. No one's one's offering just yet, guys. I don't know why. Does no one want to expose themselves to us? (laughs) I don't think so. A lot of people are breaking up on Zoom now. That's what I read in the New York Times today. A lot of people. Oh, really? The new way out. But if you're dating your boss, then I suppose. Wait a minute. Wait, before lockdown, it was by text. But now that we have Zoom, we're going to get more personal rather than less personal? I think it's because people are spending time apart. They're realizing how fucked up their horrible relationships are and how much time they enjoy and how much they enjoy spending time alone. So they're Zooming their whatever is across town and saying, you know what? Don't come over. But the only difference between Zoom and FaceTime and stuff like that is it's it's multiple. So breaking up over Zoom implies the fact that there are other people involved. <laughs> I mean, are they hosting? Are they hosting a conference call, telling someone they're, they're they're being left, and then bringing in the new person for them to see to know that they've moved on? That's the thing. Yeah, or showing them it's, your. Dog. It's not you. It's us. <laughs> But yeah. we're at a time now where you could just ghost them and there's nothing they could do about it. The fact I think it shows that people are more conscientious rather than less conscientious, that they're going, hi, I called to say fuck off, rather than just never answer the phone again. I think the comedy scene is going to be better if all these young people on the circuit with us, us all locked up, right? All the under 30s. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, I mean, that Edinburgh can happen anyway. What do you mean us? I've been right? 29 for at least five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing yeah. Uh, on Instagram every night to an empty house, and it does feel like the fringe. And in a way, I feel like maybe this is the future of comedy. You know, we, we roll up in our limo, roll down our window, yell our jokes out, and then drive off. <laughs> it's a good question though i looked at the list of businesses that might be allowed to go back because they're necessary and obviously we weren't on that list entertainment is not yeah described as necessary or is essential even maybe that... I think lots of people are going to be desperate to have that shared experience again surely a they... large group you think though well i'm thinking of you know the, the comedy clubs i play <laughs> Maybe not going to be affected <laughs> yeah. by the plus five hundred rule. Yeah, but I think those large those large O two events and stuff probably the ones that I've you know had to pull. Yeah, um, that we'll have to reschedule anyway. The lar the larger events, I think they're not going to. I think they're going to be. It's going to be difficult for a long time. I think. Maybe it'll make comedy more intimate. Is what I'm saying. Maybe the bigger names. <laughs> no, uh, it won't make it more intimate because everyone's going to have to sit two meters apart from the next person. And like, you go to a comedy club and there'll be a load of circles painted on the floor uh, where someone sits. And the thing about comedy is it works brilliantly in an environment that is totally unacceptable for coronavirus. We need people packed together with windows closed, you know, um, next to each other in the dark, uh, uh, sharing, sharing a small amount of space and a small amount of air. You know, I mean, we, we are, I mean, I think we're, I'm going to struggle to find another industry that will be reintroduced to society later than comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I can't think of anything because, because yes, you're fair enough. You could argue that football, you've got thirty thousand people in a stadium. That is clearly worse. But it's an outdoors, and also, people who like football will actually risk their life to watch it. Uh, I'm not entirely sure we've got that level of love and dedication to comedy, much as we love what we do. I just don't think people think about comedy and uh, the, the upper classes are going to be so desperate for their theatre that they're going to demand that theatre is true. put back on yeah. and comedy even, will just come in. Even the peep shows will go back before we do because everyone gets their own little booth to watch the show in, which gives them <laughs> that element of isolation. We are definitely be at the bottom of the list. <laughs> but people want a shared experience in person. I don't think that's going to go away. Um, Especially the, the young people, these immortal young people. The yeah. under 30s, they're going to be queuing up waiting for us to get let out. All my friends my died in the 80s. I feel like I'm immune. And uh, <laughs> I think I'll be fine. This one's not getting any lighter, is it, guys? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, people have been walking around for ages going, oh, I'll be fine. I, I've got nothing else wrong with me. I won't get it. And then they go, oh, no, this person had no underlying conditions. And you think, oh, my God. And then you see a photo of them and they're 28 stone. <laughs> uh, and, and, and you sit there and you think, I don't want to judge, but maybe if I just don't have one and a half kilos of chips tonight, I'll be okay. But then, of course, you've got no idea because I'm sure there's some perfectly healthy people who are dying. But it does seem to be the case that if you don't look after yourself, there's a bitty hefty punishment coming. Well, maybe those fat people did have underlying conditions, but they were so fat they, they you know, suffocated them. <laughs> it is, you know, here... Um, the numbers are in the in the in the in the barely in the double digits per county. Like San Francisco's only lost thirteen people, so a lot of people locally here are like you know because uh, California. I think they're on the street, Scott, because there's a I lot mean, of people. There's a lot of people just wandering the streets of San Francisco. Have you just looked for them? Yeah, but they're not even dead. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right. They're we in have the, 8, the homeless community hasn't been hit almost at all here. Which we have eight thousand homeless, which is a lot for here. I think what I'm saying is I think people here 
in about a week are going to be like, you know what, unless we get a lot of numbers, unless you show us the bodies, we're going back to work because people are being made homeless by this. So they're going to lose their patience unless there's more deaths. It's like when you pass a car accident on a freeway where the traffic's backed up four miles, you're thinking, I better see some fucking heads rolling across those lanes because <laughs> I'm going to be there for my wedding. So I think people, they want to see, you know, some disease. They want to see some destruction here and they're not seeing it and people losing their patience a little bit. Alabama, you may have seen their governor say, well, we didn't know you could have the symptoms and not know you were ill. That's a game changer. That was like three days ago. And <laughs> they smiles from the CDC. So uh, fortunate, again, again uh, Californians look at that state and think we are carpet bombing the wrong fucking continent. So <laughs> I think people are using this as an excuse to feel both arrogant and, you know, like, proud of themselves that they've done their job and they want to move on. They want to move on quickly. I mean, Americans do have an obsession with work that uh, this is really revealed too. A, a feeling that you're nothing if you're not working each day where I feel like, you know, Europeans, meh, whatever. Like some have a job, some don't. You guys have a real safety net there. I'm really aware of when I'm here that America doesn't have. And it, it may be diminished in the UK over the last eight years, but there still is a safety net. And here, there's really, I had an unemployment offer from the, the government offered me an unemployment check of $70 a week. And they're not sure when I'll get it. Um, <laughs> whereas my husband's already been, been paid for the last three weeks, each week for his job in London. So there's not, there, it feels like there's less panic there to get back to work. Do you agree with that in the UK? Yeah, because yeah, British funny. people hate their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, suddenly, you, we got this. Everyone's exercising now, aren't they? Everyone's baking. Can you can you buy flour in the UK anymore? Everyone's making bread. It's when did this happen? Not, there's no flour. I've had to cut all my fake coke with Persil. <laughs> <laughs> How long do we think it's going to be? France has said uh, that they've announced something May 11th, so it's a month away that they're going to start basically letting people. Um, and I think when other countries start doing it, then that's mm. going to have a you know, in the same way that our lockdown came because everyone else had done it. If every other country, they're going to demand that the comedy clubs are reopened, mate. You wait. Skip it another <laughs> week. People are going to be. I'm loving your optimism, Luke. Yeah. yeah. The Brits okay. aren't. The Brits aren't rushing back to work. I don't think. If we end lockdown too soon, they'll be chucking leaves on the track, going, "Oh no," you know. <laughs> you know what the Brits are. The, you know what the Brits are campaigning for. They're not campaigning to have their work restarted. They're campaigning to have the schools reopened so they can get rid of their children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've been told, "Oh, look, you can have time off work," and then all of a sudden, but it's with your kids in a perpetual holiday that will never end. And at that point, we're thinking. Just reopen the schools. They're not going to get sick. And if the worst thing they're going to do is kill their grandparents, well, in that case, it's their fault when they want to babysit. I mean, it's... <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, do, do you think that people will have, uh, that lives will change permanently after this? Because I think there are things about this that people really like. Well, I like cycling and um, I'm still allowed to exercise every day. And I've got a lot more time available at the moment, unsurprisingly. And the roads are mostly dead. It's just delivery drivers, uh, the odd sort of like tradesmen and old people in very small hatchbacks who clearly do not give a flying fuck <laughs> about coronavirus. Just you just see old people just driving around. I think it's because they want to remember what the roads were like before we became an industrialised nation. 
And um, it's great. It's, I've never known cycling to be so good. I turn up, I, I'm crossing, I'm crossing dual carriageways and I turn up and I don't see a car for a mile in either direction. And um, the air is clean. I'm not kidding. I can smell people's cooking in their kitchens as I cycle past. I can smell fruit from people's gardens. I, I can smell fish from someone's pond it's like it's turned into everyone saying oh you lose your smell with coronavirus get out on the roads without any cars yeah i love it and i i if it wasn't for the whole needing to earn money thing i am <laughs> a huge fan this suits me down to the ground i love it i've been decorating today i've um uh, i yeah i'm doing exercise catching up with old friends on the phone yeah i mean i love everything about it except for yeah well when the government starts paying me 80% of my mid-level comedy circuit career earnings, <laughs> then it's going to be sweet. So I'm very happy. I, I hear all of that. I agree with that. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm actually, I'm loving staying at home, reacquainting myself with my children. I think I put them to bed for the first time in about 10 years, which they found very odd because they're teenagers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tuck you in. I'll read your story. Uh, yeah. You need help with that. Let me know. <laughs> the boys and the girls, just the boys. Right. It doesn't matter at that age. Oh, <laughs> this is meant to be the nice section. <laughs> and 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 the exercise because I never really I just found running pillar to post from gig to gig. I never had much of a chance. But the first two weeks, I had to go out at eight o'clock. I'd get this surge of you know I'd be up all day with the kids, homeschooling and everything else, baking bread. And then at eight o'clock, I'm like, I need to go for a run. And I've never run in my life. And suddenly, I'm taking two hours around central London, going, mm. look at this place. And it is, it's gorgeous, empty. I really don't think we should let people back in again. Lockdown down forever nice <laughs> <laughs> well let's hope not for our live section from the archives we're going back a few months to a burning issue section hosted by roger monkhouse ria and luke are joined on the panel by ian stone and a very lively student makes herself known in the front row i hope you enjoy britney's involvement as much as we do Burning Issues, ladies and gentlemen, in which uh, we ask you, the audience, to ask important, highbrow, pertinent political questions of our panel, who you've already met, who will attempt to answer them for you. So I'll be coming to you, the audience, for you to ask questions in a BBC Question Time sort of a way. It's quite exciting. Uh, I'll kick it off, though. I'm very happy to kick it off. Shall we, shall we start with the, yesterday's big news, which was the uh, racism in Bulgaria, in the England-Bulgaria match? Um, what question should I ask? How should we deal with racism on the terraces? Luke, would you like to tackle this one? Would you like to get the ball rolling? <laughs> yeah, I'll just solve racism. Yeah, yeah. If, if you'd be yeah, so kind. Okay. I, I, obviously, it's, it's, it's terrible, but what I don't like is how all of a sudden like the English fans are pretending that they haven't been fucking racist for the last 50 years. Yeah, we, that's true, actually. The English fans, have, they, we've got some previous, haven't we? Let's be fair. <laughs> I mean, God, if anyone watches football here and seen... There was that guy at Chelsea, wasn't there? The guy who uh, was racially abusing Raheem Sterling. And they weren't sure whether to ban him for life or make him club captain. And, uh, <laughs> 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 and then, cause, of course, John, even the players, John Terry, John Michael Terry. called Rio Ferdinand, excuse the language, you might call him a blind cunt or a black cunt. Right? And he, either way, Stevie Wonder was pissed off with him. Um, <laughs> 
This is too much. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, anyway, I listen. I, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's disgusting. I mean, I mean, I I don't know. I, I can't believe that racism still happens in in 2019. But fuck it, Bulgaria. Maybe they they're not quite as advanced. Well, they, I mean, it's certainly it's very old-fashioned racism. I just feel that. Well, Nazi salute. Yeah, man. This is people. so 1940. Do you know what was interesting? Yeah, it is. But well, you know what was interesting to me because the the, the Bulgarian. The Sorry, no, it's the, the two white men are dealing with this. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 um, hey, hey, I'm a Jew, I've fucking suffered, all right? Because what made it interesting, sorry, Ria, well, but so what made it really interesting to me was that a Bulgarian FA guy said the problem was it was a lack of stewarding. That's why they kicked off. And that's, see, if, if in the 1940s when Hitler was doing the big rallies, if there'd have been more stewards, <laughs> going, stop all that nasty saluting stuff. Anyway, go on, you have a go. Fuck it. No, no, you go on. I just remembered I'm half German. I'm going to shut up and let you keep talking. <laughs> I don't look it, but I feel it sometimes. So. Excellent. Well, that's racism dealt with, I hope. Uh, and, and you should all know better and think twice about that. Um, so, <laughs> shall, we, uh, shall we open this up to the room? I'm very happy to take any suggestions or questions from the room. If you'd like to put your hand in the air, uh, we will find you, come to you, or listen to your question. Merkel. Merkel. It's, it's Merkel question mark, I think. Merkel. It's all about the intonation, isn't it? Yeah. Merkel. Merkel. Are we talking well, about... I, I, listen, I, I'm glad she married Harry, right? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boom. And there you go. Angela. Oh, fucking hell, Brittany. I didn't realise. Comedy. Now, uh, fuck's sake. Angela, is it? you got to leave her alone. She's one of the good ones. She obviously can read and write and sign a passport application yeah, to be yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, so. fair play. Uh, what, what about what, what has Angela Merkel done? <laughs> she what? holds the key, does she not? Do you, do you understand the premise of the game, though? Yeah. You have to ask a question. It's like question time, so people ask questions. They don't just shout out names. <laughs> we, we may not have explained that enough, Roger. But may, maybe it's my fault I didn't establish the rubric. I apologise if you could put a little bit around Merkel. <laughs> or, or else I'm happy to fill in for you. Merkel, does she have a mystery illness? Merkel, does she hold the key to future Brexit does negotiations? Does she have a mystery illness? Yeah. Have oh, she's been, she's been shaking in public. She's been wobbling. Oh, we've, yeah. we've all read that, have we not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought my telly was on the blink originally, but she's definitely <laughs> fucking wobbling. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is oh. behind the, uh, she's the, 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 the retirement. End, she's sadly, she's really worried about group. Brexit. That's she's what? She's really worried about Brexit. That's all it is. Well, yeah. the German economy is actually on the brink of recession, interestingly, and a no-deal Brexit wouldn't suit them. So, you know, all, all of these things are pertinent. But I don't know what your question was, sir. This is the point. I'm just trying to fill in on your behalf. So if you could fucking do the rest of it for me, <laughs> that would be much appreciated. There was a question behind you, Roger, if you want to move on. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, if we've dealt with Merkel... Is there a question over here? Hello, sir. I'll, I'll come to you since you're very, very close. Handsome fella. That seemed even more predatory than I anticipated. <laughs> Everything you say sounds I, I, I know, I know. I can't <laughs> help myself. It's just the way I'm built. Um, uh, what's your question, sir? Should there be an expansion of knife crime? Should an there be an expansion of knife, of knife crime? What, you want more yeah, of it? Yeah, fucking not say, enough of it, is there? It does sound like he wants <laughs> more knife crime. Wow. So he turned like, out to be like, creepier and more sinister than anyone anticipated, didn't he? Are you, are you, you, a, like, ni are you a knife seller? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a knife shop? What the what fuck? What the other crimes? Uh, what, if knife crime? If, 
If there was more knife crime, you think there would be less other crime. So you think like we should get little hoodies to police the street? Ah, you're saying that's not quite how knife crime works, though, is it? No, no, the knife criminals kill all the other criminals. criminals. But then surely they there would still be a criminal left with. I like how you're doubling down on that. You're not backing down. You're like, yeah. I like you, sir. A bit of blue sky thinking will sort this fucking world out. You know what, mate? Why do we just stick with more knife guns? Let's have more guns, because that works, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's get more guns in no, the country. Britney's saying, no, Brittany, they, they get the, the guns in America. Don't do that. Oh, is it not a good idea? Well, oh, thank you, okay. Brittany. Oh, right. Oh, shit, I got the wrong end of the stick. I thought, you know, because what stops a bad guy with a gun, a good guy with a gun? I thought, yeah. You know, or, uh, and it's not guns that kill oh, people, really? it's people with kill, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, right. I I genuinely am sort of... I I find it weird, the whole gun thing. When they... You know, I heard some guy from the NRA going, oh, yeah, yeah, we... uh, uh, They said, we don't want to live in a country where the only people who have guns are criminals and the government. (laughs) And I thought, that's the country we live in. Yeah. We live here. I like the fact that I can drive in my car and if somebody cuts me up, I can lean out the window and go, wanker. (laughs) And they haven't got an (laughs) AK-47. That's freedom, isn't it? Next question, please. If I can Keep have another coming. question. Keep it coming. Do we have anyone from over this, here? You see a pointing. Hello, sir. Would you would you care to shout? I think you I can. I got a question. Go, have you? Excellent. What What's your question, you? sir? How do we reduce wait times at Heathrow to get through immigration? It's we ridiculous. stab them. That's what we do. We fucking <laughs> stab the people in the queue, and then we can fucking move through. Uh, a fucking white in a rush. I thought, I thought we solved this. We three, I thought we solved this three years ago when we voted to kick out all the foreigns. <laughs> isn't that? Well, oh, hasn't hasn't gone quickly enough, has it? No, okay. And, uh, right. How do we solve the problems at, um, at Heathrow with the big queues? Oh, fuck! I don't know. <laughs> is it, I mean, it sounds like this is something that's bothering you. Where are you from? The U.S. The uh, U.S. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, Brittany, you have not Brit- understood. You, you Brit- Brittany says flying to Gatwick. That's actually very good <laughs> advice, Brittany. I think you're underestimating Brittany's so input in. there, actually. <laughs> flying to Gatwick, flying to um, anything. Not look, not... And you're in. Just <laughs> noise, Brittany. I didn't understand yeah, that yeah, at yeah. all. I'm sorry, but... but <laughs> I don't think the people of America could be prepared for Luton, though. I think that's really what it's all about. Um, let's have one more question and then we'll probably move on. Let's have another question, please. Uh, hello to you, sir. The older gentleman in the jacket with the glasses. What's your name, sir? Mark. Mark. Hello, Mark. Your question, please. Question mark, I, I, I presume. <laughs> Scottish independence, question mark. Sturgeon! Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all you, for it. Are you all for it? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of ambivalent. I think the Scots should ask the English and we'd say, yeah, yeah, go. We're happy. We're happy. To, they don't even take the hard border that the Irish don't want. We should just... They would. They'd, oh, they'd what? You have it, have it on Hadrian's... Rebuild Hadrian's Wall. Rebuild Hadrian's Wall. I'm liking the sound of it. They won't climb over. <laughs> Won't they? Well, no, they'll be too busy shooting up or whatever they do. <laughs> that's uh, true. You're all on heroin, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, then. That's that sorted. Yeah. Well, you're you're not even work. Scottish, actually, so are you? No. 
<laughs> so he no, I like your accent. It's great. Um, do we have Scottish people in? Who's fucking? There's enough of them. No, let's let's. Happens to be the fucking massive guy in the second row. Oh, is it you, sir? Hi. Where are you from in Scotland, sir? Stolen. Stolen. Fucking. Wow. A battleground rod. Terrifying. Excellent. Well, welcome to London. Kindly respect our culture. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for our panel, please. That was burning issues. So that's it from episode 11. Thank you for listening, and please do subscribe if you're enjoying our podcast and leave us a review. You've been listening to Luke Tolson, Stephen Grants, Ria Lena and Scott Capuro. In the live section, we were joined by Roger Monkhouse and Ian Stone. This podcast is recorded, edited and produced by me, Simon Mason. And special thanks, as always, to the producer of The Edge Show itself, Mr John Connor. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 